welcome to Baptist Perspective with Jimmy Barber. Whether you're listening while driving home from work, sitting with a hot cup of coffee, or making dinner, we hope this podcast will be thought-provoking and edifying. Now, here with today's episode is Jimmy Barber. In the preceding podcast, the letter John Leland wrote for the Baptist General Committee to President George Washington and President Washington's reply was presented. This, with previous studies, exhibited the tremendous influence of the Baptists with the assistance of John Leland in securing religious freedom in the United States. As Edwin Gostad said, quote, John Leland led Virginia's Baptists in a concerted drive for full liberty, not mere toleration. When the revolution was over, his vigilance increased as he pushed for complete disestablishment of the Anglican Church. In 1788, Leland headed the group opposing ratification of the Constitution because of its lack of specific guarantees for religious freedom, while James Madison led the faction favoring ratification. The two met for debate, Madison proving so persuasive that he won Leland's support. This fortunate agreement made Virginia's critical support of the Constitution a virtual certainty. In 1791, Leland returned to New England, his original home, there to assist in a longer struggle for disestablishment. End of quote. That's from A Religious History of American of America by Edwin Scott Galstad, page 119. In the letter to President Washington, it was stated that the liberty of conscience is dearer to us than property or life. Can we say this today? Are we willing to sacrifice our property, even our life, for the liberty of conscience? Recently, Caesar, civil government, issued mandates, fines, and imprisonments against religious institutions, even the Congregation of God, and there was, and still is in some places, wholesale caving in of all congregations and denominations and religious establishments. This was not only worldwide, but in the United States of America, where the Constitution clearly declares that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press, or the right of the people peaceably to assemble, and to petition the government for a redress of our of grievances. End of quote. The laws in our country are to be made by Congress. If a president issues an executive order, it can be overturned by Congress. However, the government under the domination by presidents, health officials, governors, and mayors have and are continuing to exercise power and domination to prohibit the house of God to peaceably assemble. Additionally, Large corporations and mega-businesses are exercising their power to abridge the freedom of speech, and even the press, in some cases for the purpose of establishing their totalitarian beliefs.
In other words, they are seeking to establish their beliefs, that is, their religious ideologies, as they seek to crush all who oppose them. Our forefathers, especially our Baptist forefathers, sacrificed persecution by fines, imprisonments, torture, loss of property, and loss of life to secure this freedom that is rapidly being taken from us. Again, I ask if there is such a spirit in us today, or have we sold out to the world and its systems that are seeking to place its foot of tyranny on our necks? Time will tell. But it appears that many professing Christians are in name only. If nothing else, I believe there is one barometer or gauge that will indicate where we are on the scale. Prayer. If our minds and hearts are consumed with the affairs of this life, and we are not devoting ourselves in prayer to the Lord regarding these things, it is a large sign that we are part of the problem. Yes, this is one thing that teach that teach Christians this is one thing that each Christian can do. He can pray. Are you praying about these things? Do you believe God can overrule the powers that be? Are you willing to give your property or life for liberty of conscience? I believe these and other such like questions need to be faced by us and answered honestly before the Lord. Where do you stand? Are you willing to simply ignore such questions and go on with your jobs, video games, entertainments, and social activities as you become enslaved to the totalitarian system? If you strive to do anything, please remember that we must conduct ourselves as a Christian and seek to present a Christ-like spirit. We must, at all costs, not engage in such a battle in the energy of the flesh. Equally, the focal point in all our endeavors must be for the honor and glory of the Lord. We should not desire to seek for liberty and freedom to simply live a life of ease and comfort. We should seek for the blessing of assembling for the purpose of worshiping the Lord and hearing the gospel proclaimed by God, by the, uh, excuse me, God, by writings of the Apostle Paul, exhorts us to pray for kings and all that are in authority, not only that we might live a quiet and peaceable life, but that it be done in all godliness and honesty. 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 and 2. However, to return to the life and influence of John Leland, I would like to devote some time to Gallstad's closing sentence, which said, In 1791, Leland returned to New England, his original home, there to assist in a longer struggle for disestablishment. End of quote. Though freedom of religion was established in the Constitution of the United States, some states continued to practice suppression of religion. In an earlier podcast, we noted that the state of Massachusetts continued to maintain laws of taxation 
for the support of certain religious sects for years after the First Amendment was added to the Constitution. In fact, it was not until 1917 that Article 46, Section 1 of the Massachusetts Constitution was ratified and adopted, which stated, quote, No law shall be passed prohibiting the free exercise of religion, end of quote. John Leland labored to remove such laws. As soon as he landed again on its shores, that is, the shores of New England, he commenced anew the warfare against religious intoleration and the defense of the cause that had signally triumphed in Virginia. During his stay in New London, he published his Right of Conscience Inalienable, and afterward, afterwards, from time to time, other works of the same character. We covered some of the struggles for religious freedom in Massachusetts while studying the lives of Ovidiah Holmes and Isaac Bacchus. Now we will look somewhat at the influence of Leland and as he, too, labored with Bacchus in seeking for full religious freedom in this state. Please allow me to quote again from the writings of John Leland. It, that is, religious liberty, had struggled for existence and found some advocates from the first settlement of the state, but was kept constantly shackled by certificate law, laws and other expedients of ecclesiastical tyranny. At length, in the beginning of 1811, a decision by Judge Parsons that no society not incorporated by law, should claim even the pitiful privilege of drawing back money, awakened the fears of the dissenters, and a circular address accomplished by a petition to the legislature, pray for a revision of the laws respecting public worship, was circulated through the state. As for the solicitations of the people of Cheshire, Mr. Leland accepted a seat in the legislature for the special purpose of aiding the measures petitioned for. His speech delivered during the debate on the subject may be found in another part of this work, that is, in this book from which I'm quoting. A law was finally passed that gave some relief, but not complete satisfaction. The stump of the tree of ecclesiastical oppression, so carefully preserved with a band of iron and brass, continued, therefore, to furnish a subject for this animadversion, that is, a criticism or censure. In various ways, addresses, etc., and he improved such opportunities as were offered him as a matter of duty and in fulfillment of the public pledge he had given that as long as he could speak with his tongue, wield a pen, or heave a cry to heaven, whenever the rights of men, the liberty of conscience, or the good of his country were invaded by fraud or force, his feeble efforts should not lie dormant. To neutralize the effect of these and to destroy the confidence reposed in him, Reports were industriously circulated in some papers 
that he had renounced the Christian faith and the sacraments of the Lord's Supper and been excommunicated from the church. That's pages 55 through 56. Before closing this study, I will supply a couple of quotes from Leland. Quote, Leland said, Disdain mean suspicion, but cherish manly jealousy. Be always jealous of your liberty, your rights. Nip the first bud of intrusion on your constitution. Be not devoted to men. Let measures be your object, and estimate men according to the measures they pursue. Never promote men who seek after a state-established religion. It is spiritual tyranny, the worst of despotism. Guard against those men who make a great noise about religion in choosing representatives. It is electioneering intrigue. If they knew the nature and worth of religion, they would not debauch it to such shameful purposes. If pure religion is the criterion to denominate candidates, those who make a noise about it must be rejected, for their wrangle about it proves that they are void of it. Let honesty, talents, and quick dispatch characterize the men of your choice. Such men will have a sympathy with their constituents and will be willing to come to the light that their deeds may be examined. Remember that the genuine meaning of republicanism is self-government. If you would then be true disciples in your profession, govern yourselves. Page 267 of his writings. And then another quote, Let Christianity stand upon its own basis. It is the greatest blessing that ever was among men but incorporate it into the civil code, and it becomes the mother of cruelties. Page 356 of his writings. While I am tempted to quote much more from Leland, our time is up for today. Farewell. Thank you for listening to today's edition of Baptist Perspective. We archive our episodes so you can go back anytime and listen again. Do you have a question about something you've heard or just want to let us know you're listening? Visit us at baptistperspective.wordpress.com. That's baptistperspective.wordpress.com. Thanks again for listening.